Hey guys, this is Elliot. Right before you get into this episode of Can I Kick It, I have two quick things to bring to you. If you're interested in donating to our podcast, Can I Kick It, a link will be down in the description down below. Um, these proceeds just go to help produce further episodes of our podcast. Also, my neighbor decided in the middle of our podcast that he wanted to bring out his leaf blower and do his yard at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in 100 degree heat. So, um, I edited out the sound as best as I could. It picks up around the 12th minute mark, but it's not super noticeable. Um, so, kick back, get your favorite beverage, enjoy this episode of Can I Kick It? And as always, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Enjoy, guys. Episode of Can I Kick It? Yes, you can. Oh, so it's back. Yeah, it's, it's back. It's back. It's back, it's it's back, back. this time. All right. All right. It's good to see. You. Um, <laughs> as always, this is your host Elliot Barr, and is joining me is my good man Shania Duran the second. And I gotta say, I, I wish we took before and after photos of like COVID because your hair has stayed the same. Like everyone else's <laughs> hair has grown, yours has stayed like consistent. Yeah, well, that that's because I don't... Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson of hair. Hey, <laughs> well, that's that's probably because ever since I decided to grow my hair, I haven't seen a barber shop since, unless I'm doing a shave. Yeah, and but. see me like I've kind of been like the neighbor approach. Like I went through the mohawk phase. I tried to twist it, cut it off, bald. I think my wife even. I think Electra even tried to give me to dye my hair, and I was just like, eh, why not? <laughs> and then I balded it like twenty minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much like how it's all been. Um but yeah, man, today's episode we are diving in into the life and legacy of MBE. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I I ain't gonna lie, when I saw MBE um beside his name, I really thought I was like, oh, you got a doctorate? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what, what college you went to? Um, no, we're talking about Mr. Well, Mr. Ian Wright. Yeah. Do you call him a sir? Do you I'm, get to call I'm him not sir? sure. I am not sure. I think it's, you know, Ian Edward Wright, MBE. Yeah, it works. It works. I it guess. Works. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, imagine seeing that on, like, a uh, business card. I'll be throwing that around with Elliot Barr, MBE. <laughs> <laughs> just, just flicking it from the hip. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. For those of you that don't know, MBE stands for Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. So it's basically... To simplify it for us on this side of the Atlantic, he has been knighted of sorts. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I can see now Daryl Grove like yelling into his uh, earphones like, that's not what it means! That's not what it means! <laughs> we love you, Daryl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So me and you were talking about it before the podcast. Um, it's kind of like two directions how we could go with Ian Wright's story. We could talk about <clears throat> him being second place in a lot of things, mm-hmm. or we could talk about him overcoming a lot of things. It just depends on how how you want to go about this yeah. story because both fit. And I, wherever we start at, I, I mean, you're not going to go wrong with it. Yeah, it, it's 
Ian Wright's story is loaded, 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 loaded. I mean, there's there are a lot of twists and turns in his life. Yeah. That, I mean, he he has a very very fascinating story. Very fascinating story. Um, a lot of hardship, a lot of struggles, um, personal, oh. intellectual, you know, emotional, all kinds of struggles. You a know, lot of ups and downs. A lot of things downs, that yeah. you're like, the normal person wouldn't get through. But from where he come from, from where he came from to how he ended up, it's it, 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 it kind of builds him as a person. It's kind of like, you can't talk about just one part of the story while featuring out the others. Exactly. Because um, I almost want to say, like, he has, you know his, who his career kind of reminds me a lot of? And not so much as far as, like, the upbringing, but, like, his career and how great he was. And mm-hmm. if you saw him in that moment and in that era, you would be like, oh, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Reggie Miller. Like, during the 90s, like, yeah. how Reggie was, you knew Reggie was one of the top players in the world. But he never got to that next level. Because, of course, Mike was there and everything like that. Yeah. But then you see Reggie and just, like, Ian transition into punditry. And it's like, you know them. Like, there's a whole generation that knows Reggie Miller only as a pundit. Yeah. Like, there's a whole generation that only knows Ian Wright as a pundit. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy because you have our generation that knows Ian Wright as the player. Yes. You know? So, it's kind of weird to see those kind of parallels and how his life is. Um, yeah. The thing, <laughs> the thing that impressed me the most about Ian Wright is... Oh, apart from his career as a soccer player, is the fact that with all of the things he went through, he is still, when you look at him on Match of the Day, when you look at him on all the the, the television broadcasts that he is yeah. on, he is always the first person to smile. And that that is impressive to me. After everything he went through in his life, he is still a happy man. He's still... Shows a lot of joy. He has a joie de vivre. He has that that aura about him of, okay, if I'm on this show with Ian Wright, I'm going to get ready to laugh because yeah. we're going to have fun. So I mean, it would be very easy in his position to have the angry black man persona. Exactly. It's exactly. very easy. I mean, of course, a lot of things that he went through. But, I mean, you, you ready to hop into this? Let's do this. All right. So, first of all, we're going to start off with his little background. Uh, Ian Wright. Born in 1963. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, dude scored a bunch of goals. And the legacy of his career is pretty much known from Arsenal. Yes. Um, he, altogether, he has 501 appearance, 213 of those of which are for Arsenal. Um, 239 goals scored. Second all-time of Arsenal's um, leading list of all-time goal scorers. Third all-time of Crystal Palace. Get named as Crystal Palace Player of the Century and to Crystal Palace Centuri- uh, All Century team. Wow. That's how, like, I, first and foremost, like, when it comes to Ian Wright, when I was first getting into soccer, it, I never knew about Ian Wright at Crystal Palace. Yeah. You, you never hear about that for You just hear about him at Arsenal. At Arsenal. That's all you hear about. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, he started off at Crystal Palace, but the way he got to Crystal Palace was insane. Oh, yes. The way he got to Crystal Palace, I mean, that is a story in itself. That is, 
insane. Um, he had gone to several trials with several different clubs, yeah. South End, Brighton, and I think Brighton was that the his lowest point in in in, in his eyes. Um, he he had a little. There's a little um, a little story about when he was trying out for Brighton. And at the end of the trials, he had gotten enough, saved up enough money to go to Brighton, but he didn't have enough money to go back to London. And when he, at the end of the trials, he went to the front office to ask them if they would be able to provide him with funds to go back to, to go back home, basically. And they kind of gave him the runaround for five hours. Like, they had him sitting in the waiting room for five five hours just to give him some money to go back to London. And the captain of um, of Brighton at the time... Uh, was it, Steve, it was Steve? Steve Foster. Yeah. Came in and recognized him from the trials and was saying, well, what are you, what are you doing here? And he basically told him that, yeah, I've been waiting for, you know... Just sitting there. Just you know, waiting for them to give me some funds so I can get back home. And, and <laughs> when Foster realizes that he's been waiting for five hours, Foster goes off the handle. I mean, he completely goes off on the front office and gets him his money to, to go home. And at that point, I mean, um, based off of an interview he had with um, the Players' Tribune, he basically talks about how that was his low point. Like on the on the bus on the way home, he just burst into tears. Um, and after that, it's like it completely turned him off from trying again. He was basically playing Sunday non-league and working, wow. and got seen by um, oh. some some high heads in Crystal Palace. I think was it was it the actual coach? Uh, I have it written here somewhere. Um, Pretty much the way how he got scouted by Crystal Palace was he was playing in a game. And pretty much, I can't remember, I think it was Doolich? I can't remember the name of that club. But pretty much the club was just like, yo, he's good. (laughs) He's good. Get him. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much how it went for him. Yeah, and, and I think he turned them down three times. And after after the whole Brighton Hove Albion situation, he was done. He was done, and he turned. Crystal Palace came to him three times and asked him. And one of his coworkers was telling him, "Like, dude, don't don't keep turning them down. Like, how many times have they come to you asking? Like, go for it. They came to you three times. So he ends up going to the trial. And funny enough, he ends up missing out on the finals of his non-league team." To go play, to go try out for Crystal Palace. I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Crystal Palace, Dollar League final, earning thirty pounds a week, possibly tripling that. Like, I'm sorry, I'm. I love you guys, but <laughs> no, and 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 it's 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 really crazy how how many how many opportunities came his way, how, how much he tried, how much he did not give up. And in the end, when it mattered, he was there, he was ready. And when he got into Crystal Palace, he blew up. He, yeah, he did. hit the ground running. But, you know, it's also crazy because 
just thinking about how that rivalry is between Crystal Palace and Brighton Hove Albion and how mm-hmm. it's one of the more unique rivalries you see in English soccer because normally when you think derbies and rivalries, you're like 20 miles or 10 blocks away from the other club you're in rivalry with. Yeah. These clubs are nowhere near each other. Exactly. And they're rivals with each other. So, like, now that has me wondering, like... Does this have anything to do with that? <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, that what if door is there? That what if door? Exactly. But also, like the Crystal Palace fans throw this at Brian Hell Avenue fans. Like, it's like we got the guy y'all refused to give money to to go back home. <laughs> you know, just saying. <laughs> just gonna toss that out there. Um, you know, but also seeing how how he was at Crystal Palace. I mean, he made the PFA team of the season in '89. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the three times that he made it in his career. But I mean, his first two. Years at Crystal Palace, he started off kind of like I think he, his first year was really just getting adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. He only scored nine goals, but that that second year, man, he formed a partnership with Mark Bright, scored twenty four goals that second year. Yes, twenty four goals and took the club back up into the top flight. Yep, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know who who you can. I would almost like to say he's almost like Jamie Vardy. Ask, I can com- you can you can see us some similarities. Just, just in terms of like this guy that's non-league getting signed by, you know, Jamie Vardy's career is a little bit different, but they kind of they kinda, there's there's overlap there. Yeah, if right, I can make it definitely, there's overlap, overlap there. Um, and then of course he gets the call up to England B. When at England B, I never knew what this was. Pretty much, it's like a U twenty one team. Yeah, basically. For the for the U twenty one national team. Which is like yeah. so you can't just put U twenty one. You gotta put England B, you gotta make it sound fancy. <laughs> you know, that's a whole well, you know <laughs> We just got the U twenty three. Yeah. The, the the team we sent to the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he gets he, he gets called up to England B in eighty nine. Um but he doesn't play a match in the first division due to when I say this, I, I'm going to look at your face and I want to see how painful it sounds. A twice cracked shin bone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first read it, I was like, oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I did the, uh, the Peter Griffin thing. I was <laughs> just holding your leg like, ah. <laughs> 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 I was like, ooh, that's. Yes. I mean, I've been kicked in the shins before. I've never had the bone crack, but when you get kicked in the shins, it feels like your bones crack. Nah, man. See, so I, actually I, having that, I, I know it's deal. probably ten times worse. See, getting kicked in the shins is like the pain's there, but it goes away. Yeah, I equate that kind of pain to like moving your leg into like the bed rail in the middle of the night. Woo! Yeah, that's <laughs> is that is that kind oh, of that, pain. that pain lasts. It just. <laughs> Or, or when you hit that, you know those U-Haul trucks, the metal, the the, the metal bumper yeah. when you're trying to climb down out the out the back of yeah. the truck. Ooh. You take a moment just to realize life. Like, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Please. Yeah. No. So uh, it's definitely that's definitely it. Whoo. So uh, oh. <laughs> so pretty much at 89, he uh, he doesn't play a whole lot because of course he's injured, but he does become a super sub, mm-hmm. and this is where. I want to say, like, I don't want to say I remember Ian Wright as a super sub ever in his career, but, I mean, definitely his England national team career, it kind of seems to be that way. But in this very particular moment, he kind of becomes a super sub for this Crystal Palace team 
when he gets to the 90 FA Cup final against Manchester United, and he scores twice. He scores once at the end of the game, pushing him into extra time. He scores again at extra time, and then, I mean, forcing the game. Two two great goals. Yeah. Magnificent goals. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Ian Wright, before I went to go look at his highlights of, like, how he scored his goals, Mm -hmm. oh, he scores some bangers. Oh, he does. He scores some bangers, but pretty much that FA Cup final goes to a replay. They lose against United, but you can kind of see everyone's now starting to take interest in Ian Wright. They kind of realize, like, oh, he he real. You know, because at, at that moment, you coming off of this serious injury to then become a super sub in the club's what, biggest moment since they came up from Division Two. And you have a big impact on that? That's huge. And, yeah. I mean, you in, in your career as being the club, third-time all-league goal scorer. I think he's the leading goal scorer post-World War. Yeah. So, I mean, my hat's off to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like I said earlier, he also got voted to Palace Century All-11 team. It was named the Player of the Century. So, to get named Player of the Century, that means... It, you're up there. You're definitely, you are. You are. You're top notch. You're top notch. I mean, so, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, let me ask you this question. So why is it with Ian Wright that, I mean, granted, he talks more about Arsenal. And I get yeah. it because Arsenal, he won the Premier League with, and they're more of the bigger club. Yeah. But why don't we hear more about Ian Wright, the Crystal, Pot, Crystal Palace player? Well, you, you also have to take into consideration that Apart from his first year at Arsenal, we're looking at the Premier League era. True. Crystal Palace is not the Premier League era. This is just the English First Division. And I think there's that disconnect within society, within this, or the current generation now, of not really knowing much before the Premier League era. So, I mean, with the Premier League era, with this giant influx of money... TV deals, uh, all of this flash and boom. I mean, of course, the focus is going to be on Ian Wright going crazy at, at Arsenal and, and just completely, you know, taking the team to, to new heights at Arsenal. So you're not going to hear as much about the Crystal Palace years. But, I mean, the Crystal Palace years are just as impressive. They're just not as popular. They're not as put out there because of the fact that, hey, this is, yeah. this is the old league. This is the new league. So let's talk about the new league. <laughs> you also think it has something to do with the fact that Crystal Palace has been more up and down. I mean, now they're more stable. Yeah. But before they were kind of bounce around. They were like Norwich. Like they kind of bounce around a lot between first and second division. Yeah. But I'm just like, it, it just kind of got my mind thinking about why don't we hear Crystal Palace being brought up more? Because I mean, if you're... If you're known as the player of the century, I would think you would be flaunted like a French. Yeah, yeah I, true, but you you need to understand that. Imagine you're you have a career at I don't know Brighton. Yeah, we'll just throw Brighton out there since we've mentioned them already. Brighton has screwed over so many times. <laughs> I mean, imagine you had you had a career at Brighton, but then. Second half of your career, you go to Manchester United. But at Brighton, you were probably far and away the best player at Brighton. But then you go to Manchester United, and you're part of a stellar 
strike partnership, but you're not the best, 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 best player on the team. Yeah. Still, you're going to talk about those Manchester United years because it's it's Manchester United. It's it's the treble winning Manchester United. The, That's true. The, the 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 Munich airstrike comeback Manchester United. So Arsenal has kind of a, a little bit of of the same history, the same clout, that same popularity, and of course, you know, Arsenal is one of the most popular clubs in the world up there with Manchester United and your Real Madrid's and your Bar- Bayern Munich's yeah. and Barcelona's. Uh, uh, so, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Yeah. So Arsenal decides, you know what? We can go buy this guy. Ian Wright. Right. Do you, all right, let me ask you this. Do you know how much he was bought for? Uh, how much? I, I can't remember. I, I <laughs> saw it. I remember seeing it. Oh, no, no, no. Take a guess. Take a guess. Wasn't Come on. It like two point something mil? 2.5 million. 2.5 million. And you know what the crazy thing is? That was a club record fee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine saying 2.5 million is a, rope, uh, is a, cl- a club record fee in this era. Right now. Yeah, well, see, at, at the, you're looking at a League Two team. You're looking at an <laughs> EFL League Two team. Talking I, about some $2.5 million is a club. Maybe even maybe more, because I, I don't think League Two. Maybe, like, championship. Maybe championship. Uh, no, league, because you got to look at who's in the championship. You've got West Brom. You've got Stoke City. They ain't spending money like that. They, but they're spending oh. more than <laughs> $2.5 million for a player. <laughs> I mean, a player like Ian Wright in today's world, you got to Imagine we'll go for at least 20, 30. A player like Ian Wright is probably getting 20. paid as much Chelsea paid for Christian Pulisic, if not more. Maybe. Because, I, I mean. I don't know, man. But still, it's just crazy to think of. He only went for $2.5 million in 91. Oh, um, oh, but, I mean, that $2.5 million paid off really well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. So, I'm going to run you down how his first year at Arsenal went. And tell me it's not insane. His first year at Arsenal, he scored two hat tricks on his league and final game of the season. He scored his debut of the League Cup. <laughs> yeah, against Leicester. Yeah. I mean... And, and, and this, is, this is the thing a lot of people need to realize. Yes, Leicester had that, that terrible season right before they won the league where they almost got relegated and they're considered a small team. At this time, in the early 90s, Leicester was a mid-table to top-table Premier League team. They were, they, were a, they were what I would say Wolves are right now yeah. and what Everton has been for the past, like, five, ten years. And also, that first year, um, this is the first year, he, he went to Crystal Palace right before, I mean, he went to Arsenal before it became the Premier League. So, he spent yeah. one year with them while they were in the first division. He scores 26 goals. Yeah, that first year. Till this day, he scored twenty nine goals all together while at um, Arsenal. That first year, yeah. yeah, and won the Golden Boot. And I'm gonna ask you another question and see if you can get it. Can you name the other, pl- the only other player in Premier League history that has won the Golden Boot while scoring for two teams in the Premier League, or I mean in England? You got anyone? I'll give you a hint. He played for Manchester United. Ooh. And he was on the trouble winning squad. Huh. Is it Cantona? Uh-uh. No, not Cantona. Terry Sheringham. Sheringham? Yeah. Sheringham wow. scored for two other teams and won the Golden Boot. I didn't look to see who the other team was. I'm imagining it got to be Spurs. And then he went to United and won the Golden Boot. 
That's my guess. I haven't really looked it up, but yeah, it's, it's Terrence Shannon. But I mean, <clears throat> up to this moment, you're talking right now at the end of '92. So he, from 1985 to 1992, that's what uh, seven years. He scored. He scored 20 plus goals in three of those years, and he scored 30 plus in two of those years. Yeah, like he. You was already proven that he was. He wanted to, he he's he's definitely in the question of one of the greatest in England. Yeah, like he he's up there. So that and now that makes me think more of like why didn't we see him more in the World Cup and European qualifiers, which we'll get to because yeah, that's we have well, I, have, I have questions. <laughs> we, I have a lot. You of have questions. questions. We have questions. <laughs> um, I got a lot for England. Oh goodness. Um. So pretty much, like, while he's there, he's the club's top goal scorer for six years in a row. And he starts to form this partnership with Dennis Bergkamp. But this is another thing, like, I think about. And this is where it goes into, like, him finishes second a lot in his career, what it feels like. Because, yeah. I mean, granted, he wins a Premier League trophy. But when you think Arsenal and when you think around the 90s, more, not, I, I could say 95. 95 more into maybe 2005. That 10-year spare where Arsenal on top of the world, you have the Invincibles, all that stuff. You only really hear about Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Henry. From my, like, understand. Like, when yeah. I first got so, into soccer. In, in terms of the mainstream, those are the two big names that yeah. come to mind. Like, because, when at the end of the day, Ian Wright is all up in there. Yeah, and the thing was, like, it wasn't like him and Bergkamp didn't have a partnership. Like, he... They were there together for three years. And, of course, Ian left in 98. I mean, he didn't finish the whole year because he had a torn hamstring. But still, like, he was a part of these squads. Yeah. And the fact that we really only hear about Terry Henry and Burkamp more or less, it's kind of sucks. And it kind of sucks to see, like, Ian's right last year in professional soccer is the year, is the year that Terry Henry gets brought into the club. And then eventually goes on. It has the invisible year. It's kind of like, dang. Yeah, he just missed that. Yeah, but but still, at the end of the day, you 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 do need to. I think with Dennis Bergkamp, it was also that's two different styles because Ian Wright was that player who, yes, he was a nightmare to mark. Um, and he had he he's a clinical finisher, but there was a lot of more nuance with with Dennis Bergkamp. I mean, his most famous Arsenal goal was oh yeah. I mean, defied physics basically. <laughs> <laughs> the the what was it against Everton? No I, no, I think it was Newcastle. You talking about the one where he like he took that touch around the defender oh. with the inside of the farthest foot like i mean it was it was it was one of those goals that you watch over and over again and you're like i still don't know how he did that so i mean you you got he has that that glory moment and then of course Terry Henry is just yeah, Terry Henry. Terry Henry scores. And don't goal, get me wrong. Scores goals from wherever he yeah, wants. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like Ian Wright scores some bangers. Like we, the Everton goal. I think the one I was alluding to, mm-hmm. like the one where he, he 
juggles it in the air three times and just scores it oh, on the volley. Wow, no, that was it. And I mean, I remember seeing that, seeing that one. I was just like, that's that's just yeah. disrespectful. And we'll leave a link <laughs> down in the description down below, um, so you guys can go look at it. But I mean, obviously, it was. <laughs> I think the ball came all the way back from from the keeper. It was launched all the way up, and he just it bounces once and he pops it back towards his own goal. As he's moving forward over the defender, the defender turns and he pops it back over him again, going towards the goal, yeah. and then just just dinks it over the keeper. And it's just wow. <laughs> so Ian Wright in his what? Uh second to last year? Well, take that back real quick. You know he put in a transfer request? From at Arsenal? Arsenal? Yeah. yeah. He put in a transfer request. And I I'm not laughing because he put a transfer. I'm laughing more at the fact that the reason why. He was just like, yeah, I don't like playing out on the wing. So, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, I'm done. <laughs> a striker is a striker. That's, that's like, who, who, is, who have they been doing that to lately? I think that's, I feel like that's someone they've been doing that to. Oh, Obama Yang. Arsenal, hey, well, there we go. They're doing it again. Lock his head. Putting Obama Yang out on the wing. The dude's a striker. Put him in the middle. Let him score goals. Don't put him out on the wing. And I think that's what Ian Wright was feeling at that moment. He yeah. was like, look, stop playing me on the wing. I don't want to play And it wasn't there. like he wasn't producing for him. I mean, out of the seven years that he was at Arsenal, all the stuff in one year, he got over 20-plus goals. Yeah. All the stuff in one year. Uh, no, the, his last year he got a he, yeah he got yeah he had eleven every, goals but he was hurt he got hurt he got hurt that year but every year before that he's twenty three or higher I mm. mean that's so in ninety six ninety seven he of course you know was in uh, he scored thirty three goals but he scored against every team in the top flight except for two against he didn't score against Sunderland. In Manchester United, he was the first player. And I'm, that's I'm a little, pr- I'm a little proud of that. <laughs> just, just um, saying, I'm a little, I'm a little proud of that. Um, but then also, like, he he doesn't get scored, but I mean, the only other person to do this in history is Robin Van Persie. This score against 17 out of the 19 clubs. I guess he could have scored an own goal. I don't know how that would have worked. He could have. <sighs> could have gone 18 out of 20. Make it, make it work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but in 97, of course, now he breaks the record. Breaks the record. And I think it's one of the more famous club celebrations I've ever seen. Like, uh, when you see Premier League highlight packages or when they talk about, like, greatest players or greatest moments, this moment always pops up. Uh-huh. The one where he breaks the record and he just takes his shirt, put it over his head, and it says, uh, 179, just did it. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, for wow. him to bring that record, I think, yeah, because it, it was not because I think at that time Arsenal was um, backed by Nike, so yeah. it was you know with the Nike just do it, it said that number just done it, and uh, I mean it just it just showed his that that cockiness that you get from coming up in the streets, the yeah. cockiness that 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 confidence. And and he backed it. That's the thing. I mean, I for for one, I have no problem with cockiness as long as you back it. And Ian backed his cockiness every yeah. single time he stepped out onto the pitch. I think he that's why people <clears throat> they can tolerate Zlatan, but they have a bigger issue with Mario. 
Exactly. That's okay. why so many people tolerated Kobe. Yeah. Because, I mean, the guy, his work rate and the fact that if he tells you, I'm going to drop 70 points on you today, he's going to drop 70 points on you today. <laughs> Kobe dropped 60 in his last, first of all, rest in peace, Kobe. Yes, rest um, in peace. One of the girls. Kobe dropped 60 in his last game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> like, who does that? Oh, but I think this moment, and really looking at this moment, I think it speaks so much of who Ian Wright is as a player just because of the fact of, what he had to overcome and what he had to go through. Because it's very easily, like, before he gets to Crystal Palace, he goes to jail. Yeah. You know, he, he sits in a jail cell and... Um, basically riding dirty. <laughs> he's, he's riding without papers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no insurance. No insurance, car no papers, play. He just no had car two, note. Just two cars, just chilling. Um, but at that moment, he talks about it, how he's in jail for two weeks. And it's kind of, he just goes through this... This transformation yeah. of how, I, how do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be, how do I want to progress forward for my family? And it's really like that moment and another moment where um, he meets his mentor, Sidney uh, Pegden, that really changes his life. His teacher? Yeah. yeah. It really changes his life because he said Sidney was the first positive male influence that he's ever had. And also how, you know, he had the abusive stepfather and his mom, which he got back from jail, his mom kind of just kicked him out. It was like, yeah, I don't want you around. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's those moments, but then also, like, to overcome not being respected by Brian Hovallian, playing for Nolly, making 30 pounds a week, possibly giving up football to become a bricklayer, and then you break the, the goal-scoring record for one of the biggest clubs in England at the time. You know, so it's, it's kind of like all those that kind of manifest. And mind you, he's not young while doing this. Yeah, his career, his professional career starts shortly before he turns. Yeah, 22. he is a late <laughs> bloomer, late <laughs> bloomer. Um, in all sense of the, of the word, uh, but he's still producing and, and doing all of this, and that's why the like, thing is he he okay. he's a late bloomer and. B- with starting his career so late, he still manages to accomplish so much more than a lot of players who have had so much more time in today's game. Like he's accomplished more than players who we consider in the top echelon today. He's accomplished so much more than them. Yeah, like, and it's 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 baffling. With that short amount of time, he I think he in himself he realized I only got but so much time. Yeah. And he made the best of it. I mean, in in total, in all competitions, in all club, he had he scored three hundred and twenty four goals, starting at the age of twenty two. Yeah, he won't play in no games. <laughs> he wasn't. I, I mean, also like it, it's kind of sad to see because his last year at Arsenal, he gets hurt around January time. He tears his hamstring. Mm-hmm. Which kind of, we're going to open it up for Pandora's box. But if he doesn't get hurt at that moment, which they win the Premier League, how the thing changes? Does he still take the move to West Ham? Does he get called up into that World Cup squad? You know, things like that. But I, I, Ian Wright to me as a player is someone that 
he gets all the credit in the world, but it's always that what if. Yeah. That that it, I feel like it's that big what if with him. Yeah. That I can't. I mean, he, he, yeah, which is not a negative. It's not a negative in any means. Of, uh, no, all. not at all. I mean, if you think about it, I I do feel that that '98 World Cup England World Cup squad has Michael Owen on it because Ian Wright is injured. Yeah. Ian Wright. I mean. Is, is recovering from an injury, does yeah. not have, um, you know. And the thing about it was, he wasn't, it, it wasn't like he was never around the national team. He got his national career start late, first and foremost. But he was also part of, like, World Cup qualifiers. He was Euro part qualifiers. of Euro qualifiers. Euro qualifiers. <laughs> like, his international career really starts 91 and ends in 98. So, several years where pretty much his Arsenal career. Yeah. In this time period, England, let's see, England misses out on 94. They make it to 98, and those are the World Cups. Yeah. They make it to Sweden in 92. 96 is in England, and then 2000, when of course he retires. By that time, he's already retired, but there's another opportunity to call him up. We'd just be like, hey, we want to give you a call up. Please play. Um... He doesn't make it to any of them. And the World Cup ones, I can understand. Because yeah, 94, 94, 94, you don't make you it. Don't so make there's it. no... 98, you're injured. Michael Owen takes takes the... Yeah. But, and you, which you I need see, to see that. Imagine which, no Michael Owen in that 98 World Cup and um, um, Ian Wright instead. I don't know if things would have gone the same way well, in that World Cup. I don't... It would be a couple... Different World Cup. Well, see, my thing is, if if Ian Wright gets called in the '98, right? If he doesn't get hurt in '98, it, it opens up two doors. Does he stay at Arsenal? Because that following year they make the move with Terry Henry. And I, do we feel that Terry Henry was brought in to replace Ian Wright? I don't know. It could, maybe, I, maybe. Well, remember, Henri at the moment, I think he was playing winger. So I don't think he was brought in. Ian Wright was trickling like a striker. But does Ian Wright leave in 98 to go to West Ham and only stay there for a year? He goes to West Ham. He then gets loaned out to, to Nottingham. Then goes to the Celtic. And then ends his career at Burnley. But if he doesn't, like, once I'm going to say it again, if he doesn't get hurt in 98, he makes that World Cup squad. Les Ferdinand made that team over Ian Wright twice. That Euro, the Euro, yeah. The Euro and the World Cup squad. And it's just like, well, I'm sorry, two, two Euro, Euros, because the World Cup, we kind of, we understand why he didn't make the squad. Yeah. The Euros, on the other hand, he's the top scorer for an Arsenal team that aren't bad. Like, that are- it's not like he's scoring garbage goals. He's scoring goals for a team that's competing for a championship. And he doesn't get called in. I mean, granted, you had the likes of Alan Scherer, uh, Terry Sheringham, Les Ferdinand, Robbie Fowler was in one squad, and uh, Michael Owen. I can understand Robbie Fowler. I can understand Michael Owen because they are young and up and coming. Yeah. Les Ferdinand? Unless I'm missing something, I don't understand how he makes it over Ian Wright. I don't either. That I, that's, where, that's where I was saying I've got questions. Because... <laughs> When you look at Les Ferdinand, he had a very good career at QPR. He's a QPR legend. 
but that's QPR. Yeah. No offense, but that's QPR. And this is Arsenal. And Arsenal, that ended fourth place in the last season of the, first, of, of the English First Division. Yeah. Um, I, it ended in fourth place, um, went to... went had a pretty deep run um, in the FA Cup, in the League Cup. He was the leading scorer in all competitions and in the and in the first division. It's like what what exactly are is, is <laughs> I don't I, understand. <laughs> I don't understand and, and I I'm I, I ask this question because not like trying to like throw it at you, but more like thought provoking. Like he he had thirty three appearances, only scored nine goals. But I mean, he's international. You're not going to see like high goal scorers like that. Mm-hmm. But most of his appearances, like I think he was only a starter seventeen times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he only started seventeen times out of thirty games. In one game against um, San Marino, he scored four goals. So that's the bulk of his international goals right there. Yeah. And that's almost half. Yeah, <laughs> truly. <laughs> and, and the other thing is about it is like, I wonder if it's one of the things where he didn't fix fit the system that England had at the time, or was it just more sort of the fact that like the last Ferdinand offer something? Because I mean, you're not you're going to call up Alan Shearer and Terry Shane. You're calling them up regardless. Yeah. There, there's no yes, absolutely no debate in that. Um, Andy Cole, eh, give or take, you you might call up, but I think Andy Cole was more on the back end of his career. Yes, he. Was. So, so and like we said, Robbie Fowler and Michael, uh, Michael Owen. Owen, you understand why they yeah. got in. But did Les offer something that that Ian didn't or was Ian not just getting the system or I know there was a whole change of like England managers one one idea I can throw out there because uh, the, the in that time guess oh my fault in that time they had Taylor Venables Huddle and Keegan for all, all the time that Ian Wright was there so it's not like he didn't have guys that didn't know who he was who as a he player was what he was capable of doing yeah I, I, I'm thinking because I know around this time, and when you look at that 98 squad, you see a, an example of strike partnerships of big man, fast man. I mean, that's why, that's why later on you get players like Heskey coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ian Wright is neither big man or fast man. He's he's kind of that hybrid in between. And that's it's really hard to find a partner with that. He, they struck gold at Arsenal with Burkamp because Burkamp is also neither big man or fast man. He's just crafty man. <laughs> so <laughs> so like all right, so real quick, so for 92 the Euro squad, they had Nigel Clough, Gary Lineker, Alan Smith, Alan Shearer. You call up Alan Shearer cuz is Alan Shearer. Yeah, he's a young Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. Uh, Alan Smith, his partner at Arsenal, which the only reason I assumed they called him up was because they were just like, eh, 29, let's, let's give him a try. And plus, this is the, I believe, the first year of Ian Wright. 
But I still don't understand why he didn't get caught up because he was the leading goal scorer yeah. over Alan Smith. Um, Nigel Clough, he was 26. He was at Nottingham Forest. Okay. And Gary Lineker, who's 31, who's playing at Japan at the time, but he was the captain. And then 90s, and I think that's just kind of a send-off for Gary Lineker. Yeah. And then 96, you have... I mean, and this is around the time that Ian Wright is... Ian Wright proved that you need to play on the wing. It's not his first formation. But he can play on the wing. On the wing, you had Paul Ince, <clears throat> David Platt, Paul Gascon, of course, you can get him as a team. Alan Sherr, Terry Sheringham, Darren Anderson, uh, Nick Bumby, uh, Jamie Redknapp, Steve McManaman, Les Ferdinand, Steve Stone, Robbie Fowler. So you mean to tell me Ian Wright couldn't replace any one of those guys? In 96? The one that stands out to me is Les. Let's first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just if you want to put Ian Wright as a forward, he's the one that fits. And 98 is just the fact of he doesn't get hurt in January. You got to think he's getting called up to the World Club squad. But also, how does that affect that? Also, you look, Les Ferdinand didn't get the lion's share of the playing time. And when, when I look at Les Ferdinand's uh, footage and some of his, his highlights, He's that big man you cross the ball into. Yeah. And I don't know if that was something they just wanted to have in their arsenal in case, you know. I mean, Steve Stone is another one that... He's another one you're kind of just like, really? <laughs> Over Ian? Like, you can't just make a... All right. <laughs> Probably this is why England never does good at terms because they don't choose. They make, the, they make the wrong choices. But, I mean, I do feel that right now... I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, man, his international career is, I feel like there's a lot left there. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of opportunities left open for him. But, um, yeah. So, like we were saying earlier, with Ian Wright, he's not only known for his football career, he's also known for his punditry and commentary. I mean, yes. he does, what, BBC Match of the Day. <laughs> coverage for England in Champions League, Europa League, European Cups, World Cups, FA Cup, Premier League. If it's in England and it's soccer, he's probably there. <laughs> he's probably involved. Yeah, he's he's in and around it. Um, another um, player who I feel has has kind of been that way too is you know Alan Shearer and um, Gary Lineker. Oh, um, Rio, Rio Ferdinand yeah, is, is, is 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 in there as well, but. When you when you look at Ian Wright, you see a lot more energy yeah. with him with regards to his um, performance on television with his um, with his with with I mean whether it's punditry or or other things because I mean he's done other things like he was on <laughs> he featured on Top Gear <laughs> I mean he's 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 done a whole bunch of things and he I think there was one time he went with um with the the, the former Crystal Palace chairman's wife to climb the highest mountain in the Arctic uh, like first of all I'm black and when you say Arctic I get cold what <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah yeah I I was thinking the same thing I was like why and and he's Jamaican I was like he's got Jamaican blood so you know Caribbean we don't we don't do well with the cold we don't like <laughs> it like you that. shut down when he gets past oh, fifty what? degrees mm-hmm. I do I do <laughs> I do 
anything between December and February. It's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Those are the most miserable years of, of, the, of the, the most most miserable days of the year. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, I guess you know it's something to do. And he, yeah, I, I mean, also like he he has two books, uh, Mister Right, and. Uh, he wrote Mr. Wright when he was at Arsenal, which is like a solid biopic, and then Light in Football, which is kind of like an updated version of it in 2016. He has his own song, Do the Right Thing, which I'm kind of disappointed he didn't put his own last name in it. It's Wright, like R I R I G H T. Should have put the W on there. Right. right. <laughs> By the way, the song is trash. Like, don't listen to it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You'll waste four minutes of your life. It's not worth it. <laughs> I listen to it. It's horrible. Oh, um, man. But he did leave BBC in 2008 because he felt like he was a comedy act. And I looked more into it, and the reason why he said he felt like it was a comedy act because he he felt like he wasn't there to do punditry. He was there to make jokes and kind of, like, break up the tension. And he's like, no, like, I really want to talk about football and, like, all this, I don't understand why you guys are not asking me football questions. Yeah. He left, went to ITV, he came back and everything, but I, I mean, if one thing you know about Ian Wright, he's not taking no junk. No, he's not. He's not taking no mess. He's not. And the other thing that kind of stands out about Ian Wright is he has eight kids. Yeah. Seven of which are his own, but yeah. he has eight kids. His first, his, his, First child is adopted. His firstborn um, is Bradley, Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah, his first two were more popular than us. So Sean Wright Phillips and Bradley Wright Phillips, yeah. both who played for Man City and New York, uh, New, uh, York, New Red York Red Bulls. Bulls. Um, yeah. So Sean, Sean, Sean is adopted. Is yeah, his, Sean his is first. adopted. Um, but Sean actually played for Phoenix Rising, I think, in 2017. Mm. Yeah, he played for Phoenix And then Bradley just moved to uh, LAFC yes. this past offseason. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But he has two other sons, Brent, who went on trial at Reading. And then his youngest son, Stacy, is known for playing rugby. And then he has four other And that's weird because your first four kids are sons and the last four are girls. Like, God just flipped the switch and was like, all right, look, man, you, you can't have no more. No more boys. <laughs> you already got a factory. You sat for life. You flipping the switch. We're going to use some girls in here. Um, <laughs> and he has uh, eight kids all together. And then also, like, it's not like his immediate family is rich and famous. Like, his cousins. Like, his Jermaine Wright, who was a footballer, um, and his nephew, Dre Wright, who played at St. Johnstone. Up to 2020. I think he just left. Yes. And then you got DeMargo Phillips, who's in City Academy. So that family's straight for yeah. life. Oh, yeah. They're, they're all set. They like, are all The ancestors all of that set. family. Proud. Yes. <laughs> Jamaican through and through, baby. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it goes into um, a very big situation with that you see a lot in England and in France is that Caribbean or African immigrant dominance within the national team. Yeah. I mean, you look at Raheem Sterling, you look at Daniel Sturridge, you look at Rashford, you look... And Juan Bissaka. Juan Bissaka. Like, how many of those players, they actually had to play for, you know... Their original, like, their... 
how good would parents, he would be? If they were playing for their parents' home country, Jamaica would be winning World Cups. Nigeria would be winning World Cups. Dude, Carousel <laughs> would be beating CONCACAF over that. Oh, Carousel <laughs> would be destroying CONCACAF. Um, Ivory Coast would be winning World Cups on the regular. I mean, it, it's... It, yeah. it, it goes... It sure. makes you think. It, it makes, makes you think. think about it a lot of things. It makes you think, man. But uh, then again, we have that same issue in the United States. We have that same situation here in the United States. Oh, yeah. When you look at... You thought U.S. soccer was bad. Wait till they'd be like, oh, you, you actually got to play it for your nationality. <laughs> no one's playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they probably would be able to have Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley. That's probably about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna keep my mouth closed before we get censored. <laughs> Jesus what? Uh, <laughs> anything else you from my good man about Ian Wright? I, I really think like I said, he could go into two different boats here. The story of second place, because like he got kind of replaced in the casual fans' mind by Thierry Henry. Um, you know, World Cup of International Glory. You know, never really had that big international moment like in the Champions League or Europa League. Mm-hmm. You know, that, or it could be the story of overcoming and, you know, went to jail, almost gave up on football, had the torn hamstring, still played. Yeah. You know, taking his career, doing punditry, things like that. I mean, his story is so much more than what I thought it would be. His story, his story is great, and it shows you. The, the the talk of destiny with yeah. the three times three times Crystal Palace came to him and said we want to offer you a trial we yeah. want to offer you a trial and he said nah he yeah. said no three times and then it took a co-worker to tell him dude what are you doing <laughs> yeah no it's crazy man. it's crazy yo um so anything else you from that before we wrap up uh, we are about to hit the hour mark yeah yeah, I mean it's 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 good because with such a a rich story, um, I I do feel that it, it needed this yeah. much. I mean, Ian Ian Wright's story needed this much. I Ian think of Wright all the people we've story. done, I think this is the most combined pages we've had in notes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that tells you something. Um, as far as sources go for us, we have the Premier League player profile, uh, Ian Wright. Crystal Palace club profile, Ian Wright, uh, inter- Ian Wright international appearances, Dennis Bergkamp and Ian Wright full interview. Um, we felt like Arsenal could have been champions. Ian Wright appearance on the True Georgie podcast. Did I say that right? True Jordy. Jordy? Yeah. It looked like jo- Whatever. That's that Newcastle talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what someone from Newcastle calls yeah. it. The oh, and real quick before we wrap up. And I know we're about to hit over the hour mark, but this is something important to bring up. Ian Wright has been at the forefront of talking about racial abuse in England and within the game yes. of soccer. And that's something that should not be slided over at all. Yes. Um, he went through his own intradition where I think like a 17-year-old kid was calling him a monkey and things like that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But he, he also talks about it how he was part of a majority black um, football team when he was growing up. Yes. How that impacted things, how he went through all this racial abuse and playing the early games, and how he went to some managers. I can't remember the exact manager he went to, 
But he went to him and was like, hey, look, they're calling me a nigger. Like, they're, they're calling me the N-word in the stands. And the manager was just like, oh, they're just talking. Go play. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's <clears throat> one thing that I feel that this movement has, has really hit on the head lately. Yeah. Um, of, and it's been of, players like him, Rio. Um, who's the guy that works for NBC? Uh, Rob. I can't think of his last name right now. But works for NBC. They've been kind of like the ones that you heard a lot of them talking about. It. Yes, because they, <laughs> they've experienced it. That, like, they used to experience it day in and day out when yeah. they were playing. Um, and I know a lot of people, They, especially in England and, and you know, those that follow the Premier League a lot, they were they would be to say like, oh yeah, that's that's Chelsea fans. Chelsea fans were always very racist, but no, no, it was all over the place. It was yeah. everywhere. I mean, you go you go to Old Trafford, you'd get it. You'd go to the to 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 the Emirates, you'd get it. You go to the Etihad, you'd get it. You go up to 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 Newcastle, you get it. It's it's was a ramp. It's a rampant situation that I I feel I'm really happy that Ian Wright, someone of his stature. Is standing up and with with like what you were talking about with the tweets that 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 came through that the the, the just absolutely insulting tweets. He basically said, "I'm fighting this all the way through. Yeah. I'm fighting this all the way through. At the end of the day, you're not going to get away with doing this, especially now, especially with what's going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement going viral and global, yeah. and the entire world being aware of this struggle." You're going to throw that out there now? <laughs> and one of the things that we've always said, you know, Anne's already been the biggest component of this, is it's great to show <clears throat> Black Lives Matter on the back of the jerseys. It's great to have the patch. Mm-hmm. But what work are you doing in the community to make sure that it has a lasting impact? Yes. You know? Yes, that, that's making sure that's that's nipping this in the bud that's making sure that we have at least maybe a generation that wouldn't even think of doing something like that when they go to see a game. No matter how big the rivalry is against a team, you know, you're playing against. I mean, just because it's, I don't know, Arsenal and Tottenham, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want, you know, to the players. At the end of the day, there is historical weight behind a lot of this. And the knowledge of making sure that this generation has the knowledge that that is absolutely not okay, that's crossing the line, is is important. Very, very important. Yeah. Well, I think what you said is a great message to end up on. Um, so we already did our sources. So like we always say, guys, um, like, review, subscribe. Uh, we have, I think, 10 reviews so far on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, no reviews yet, so leave a review so we can read it off of our next show. As always, leave us a five-star review. Um, yeah, with that being said, this is Elliot. This is Shanir. Catch you guys on the guest guys. We'll holler at you later. <laughs>